this is like when we talk about these these perspectives that we have that are false that we think are true. Like this is this is what I thought reality was, mm -hmm. and it was false. And I tried to I, I couldn't even fathom the goal because literally how I thought I was achieved was wrong. You don't make a billion dollars; you own worth a billion dollars. That's how you become a billionaire. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks head to netsuite.com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness i made this tweet that was just like how to stay poor right because i'm a big charlie munger guy because right. everyone's like i was talking about how to get rich i was like let me tell you how to get poor no like no one's ever told you how to get poor i'll tell you how to stay poor right <laughs> um and so i made a tweet and it like blew up uh -huh. And so then the next day I made another tweet on how to stay poor and then it blew up again and then I made another tweet. And so like 28 days in a row, I just tweeted another way to stay poor. Um, and it ended up becoming this big thing and we made a video on YouTube and I just consolidated all 28. And so um, they're surprisingly simple. And the reason I talk about them in the anti is that Charlie Munger talks about inversion thinking. And so when we try and solve problems, it's actually easier to solve them in reverse. And especially when it comes to like, making money and things like that because 
we are naturally programmed to look out for threats. Mm -hmm. And so it's so much easier for us to find problems in things than it is, like, why is it yes. so much harder to be grateful than it is to find problems? Sure. So easy to find problems. But you can, you can trick your mind into using that naturally ingrained uh, mechanism, but to make you prosper. But you just trick it by saying, I want you to tell me how to stay poor. And you're like, hey brain, tell me how to destroy my business. And you think about every way that you could destroy your business. And if you really want to add a little juice to it, you say, how could I destroy my business in as few decisions as possible? Mm. And then you reverse those decisions and you say, these are the strategic anchors that fuel our business, right? Like if I had an email marketing business, like the first thing I would do is stop sending emails, right? It's the first thing I would do. The second thing I would do is probably like treat my entire team like crap. And if I didn't, incentivize them to do things that would be against the benefit of the business, mm -hmm. right? So it's like you think through those few th moves that would have the biggest swing on destroying your business and those become the anchors for your strategy. Right. So wow. from a personal perspective, you can think about the same way in terms of like, rather than saying like, I want to get rich, how do I get rich? It's like, how do I stay poor and then avoid that? And then by default, become rich. Do the opposite. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so number one is how to stay poor. Start tomorrow. Whatever it is. Ooh, that's a good one. Just start tomorrow. Whatever, even just if wait. It's, yeah, just wait. Yeah. Find, no, number one. Number two, read books, do nothing. <laughs> so just keep reading, keep consuming, take no action. It's the best way to just stay poor, right? Because that one's a good one because it makes you feel like you're making progress, mm. but you're still poor because you yeah. didn't do anything. Next one, take advice from poor people <laughs> on how to get rich. <laughs> Right? Yes. Best per, best people to talk to, right? And all your friends are poor. You should totally listen to them on how to get rich because they've never achieved it. So you should listen to them. It's a great way to stay poor. They have no idea. Right? Right? Don't don't listen. So, and obviously with each of these, you can take the equal opposite. And so instead of starting tomorrow, start today. Instead of reading books and doing nothing, read the books and then take immediate action. Instead of taking advice from poor people on how to get rich, take advice from rich people on how to get rich. Mm -hmm. Number four. How to stay poor. Pick a spouse who makes you feel guilty about working. Oh man, that's the worst. Yeah, have the number one person in your, in your, in your, who, who literally <laughs> influences you more than anyone else make you feel terrible about the thing that's going to help you achieve your goal. Mm -hmm. That's what you should do. Of course, you want to find somebody who supports your goal, who's either in it with you or they're cheering you on from the sidelines. Yes. And the real thing is that most people don't even have a cheerleader. Most people have somebody who's at home, doesn't even have the channel turned to the game that they're playing on and is just calling their cell phone the whole time while they're on the game and the game's on the line, they're trying to make this winning pass and trying to get them to get out of the game when the game's on the line. That's what right. most people have. Right. And so, like, people think they have a cheerleader when, like, most people just benefit from not even having a liability, just a neutral. Yes. Number five, think the world is fair. <laughs> most people will sit there and complain for years about how the world isn't fair rather than accepting the f fact the world isn't fair and then making money as a result of that, yes. right? They just sit there. Fail once, quit forever. Great one for staying poor. <laughs> so you finally get the, 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 the mojo to actually start, fail once, and then just quit. Just mm. do that, because that'll help you stay poor. Because yes. the worst thing you could do is try again. Because if you try it again, you might get rich, mm, right? Watch out, yeah. How to stay poor. Expect the government to save you, mm. right? So handouts, bailouts, yeah. yeah, because that's going to get you rich is literally something that doesn't provide money handing you money. Like you have to provide value to get mm -hmm. rich. It's never going to get disproportionately shifted to you. How to stay poor. Value the opinion of others over your own. It's a great one, right? Because all the people around you, especially if you're poor, probably are also poor and you should value their opinions mm -hmm. who don't like the stuff that you're doing that makes them feel bad about themselves. 
Because when you start working, you stop not drinking, you start going to work, like to, to exercise, start eating healthier, you start listening to, to podcasts, you start watching YouTube videos, they walk in and you, hey, why don't you watch Netflix? It's like, all right, I just, I want to I watch this right now. Oh, come on, more of that motivation stuff. Like, yeah, just get people like that in your corner and they will just beat you down until eventually uh, you won't be successful. So that'll just keep you there. It's a good one to, good one to have in your back pocket. Um, how to stay forward, avoid discomfort. Mm-hmm. As soon as it gets uncomfortable, just stop. Stop. Yeah, yeah just, just stop. Comfortable all day long. This is what heart feels like. Ick. <laughs> <laughs> Yucky bears. Um, <laughs> how to stay poor? Make promises, break promises. Mm-hmm. Repeat. Yeah. That's it. So just keep making promises and then breaking them break over and over and over and over. Yeah. yeah. And especially to yourself. Yes. <laughs> how to stay poor? Tolerate mediocrity mm-hmm. from yourself first and foremost and others. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's the best thing to do. It's just have a bunch of mediocre people around you and especially yourself. Uh, How to stay poor? Blame your circumstances. That's it. Blame everybody. Put all the power that would normally be in you Mm. and give it to something that you have no control over. It's a a winner. It's a great combo. Um, This is a good one. How to stay poor? Wait for perfect conditions. Oh, yes. I mean, Because they're coming eventually. Yeah, eventually they're coming. And you know what it also means is that if you wait for perfect conditions, it means that if in the future after you have started in your perfect condition, if the conditions become imperfect again, you it stop. assumes that you'll stop. Yeah, perfect. Right. It's just like saying, um, I'll, I'll, I'll start when I'm not as busy. It's like, does that mean that when you get busy again in the future, you're going to stop? Mm-hmm. Hmm. For all those people who are trying to start their weight loss journey, uh, by the way. <laughs> if you want it to be forever, then you have to. This is a belief I can give to the audience real quick. If you want it to be forever, then you have to assume that you're going to be busy again in the future. And so if you want to endure, the best time to start is when you're busy. Because then you learn how to do it when you're busy so that when you're not busy, it's easy. And when you're busy again, you can think, I've already done this before. I know I can get through it because I've done it. I have evidence. Right? Right? So it's one of my favorite ones. Um, How to stay poor. Do what everyone else is doing. It's just such an easy one. Nothing unique. No. Just do what everyone else is doing. Because, I mean, think about it. If you want to be in the top 1%, don't act like the 1%. Act like the 99. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, that's the easiest way. Yeah. Just emulate the people who are also not succeeding. It's just a winning winning (laughs) combo. how to stay poor. Avoid working on what matters most. Right? So yeah. take distra- action. Just distract yourself sometimes, yeah. 100%. Just do busy work. Yeah. Do things that don't actually add value. Um, do stuff that it just like gets your, you know, gets your juices flowing but actually doesn't drive the business because you just love continually editing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again rather than just making the 100 cold calls that you said you were going to do and you haven't done for 10 days straight. Instead of doing that, which you know is going to make you more money, be afraid of it Yeah. and avoid working on it. Absolutely. There you go. That's perfect. It's a, it's a winning combo. How to stay poor. Um, do your best, not what it takes. <laughs> so right. many people, they're like, I did my best. Right. And, and the real talk is like, did you really? Mm-hmm. And then the second line underneath of that is that oftentimes when we start, our best is beneath what is required. And the, the sub-sub answer of that is that we just need to be better. Absolutely. And so rather than, than, than wanting, you know, like it's the classic, like don't want it to be easier, you know, want to be better. But it really does come down to that. A lot of people lament the fact that w- their best was given and it was not enough. And they lament the game mm-hmm. rather than lamenting themselves mm-hmm. and being like, how do I improve? How to stay poor? Oh, this is a good one. Prioritize looking rich over being rich. It's yeah, one of my buy the Gucci bags, buy the 100%. fancy cars and just yeah. go into debt. Spend the small amount of excess money you have on looking wealthy rather than increasing your earning capacity. Absolutely. It's just, it's, it's the a, fastest way. Because then also, then you'll never be able to get out of it. Yeah. It's right. Because you're stuck yeah. in these leases and you don't have excess cash flow to actually invest in the earnings power. So you basically just sit there 
looking rich and being poor the whole time, and then you also feel like a fraud, which is a nice, it's just a side yeah, quest. Yeah. yeah, it's a really, it's what it's I recommend. Side <laughs> side, yeah, side quest. Um, how to stay poor. Be born in a dead-end town. Don't move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay there. Stay there. Stay in the, in the bad environment. Yeah. yeah. It's just, a, I mean, if you're like, I want to get into show business and I'm in Cincinnati, it's like, then stay right, right. in Cincinnati. It's perfect. Best thing you can do. Yeah. How to stay poor. Say you're going to do something, don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's just a winner. That's, that's a timeless classic. <laughs> How to stay poor. Talk more, do less. Oh. Especially if you can talk publicly. You know what I mean? And, and do nothing as a result of it. It's always, that one always Say goes. the things you're going to do and just never do them. Yeah. Because it actually makes you feel better to tell people that you're going to do them because it makes you feel like you're doing them by telling them. Mm-hmm. But reality hasn't changed at all, but you feel better. Right. Right. And it's a great way to stay poor. Because um, it just, it, it satisfies that temporary itch. Right when you feel bad, you right. talk about it more. Right. And then you feel better. I'm going to do this. Yeah, because then you feel better about it yes. once you've talked. How to stay poor. Start something new today. Start something new tomorrow. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> Every day, start something new. 100%. Start building that bridge. And then start building another bridge tomorrow mm-hmm. and another bridge. And then you look back five years from now and you have a whole bunch of half-built bridges and no dollars that ever came across. That's great. But the nice thing is it makes you feel like you're making progress mm. because you have all these half-built bridges. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, that's a good one if you want to stay poor because you could stay busy on that one for a long time. A long time. Yeah. Because if you focused on something, you might actually follow through and then you might make money. And so that's not the, mm-hmm. that's not the goal of staying poor. So you mm-hmm. have to do that. Um, how to stay poor. Believe what other people think of you more than what you think of you. Right. Yeah. Because those especially, opinions are so important, you know? Your parents especially. Mm-hmm. So deep. Some trolls on the internet. Oh, absolutely. Everything comments, they say is so... Read and believe all the comments. Read and believe. That should be another one. I should yeah. probably add that to it. Um, how to stay poor. Be replaceable. This is also really for the employees. If you can think of a way that you can do the same thing everyone else can do and do it a little bit worse, I mean... That's easy. It's a, yeah, it's a good way to stay poor. Um, how to stay poor. Complain about things you can control and then don't change them. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, it, that so I, can I control what I put in my mouth? What I eat? Yeah. Yeah, I can't? absolutely. Oh, but I don't want to change them. You could complain about it though. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, there you go. Got yeah. it. Um, how to stay poor. Make a mistake. Repeat the mistake. <laughs> Every day. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you date a certain kind of person. It's always the oh, same person. Just keep repeating do it again. That. Just do yeah, that pattern. Do it again. Yeah, you get stuck at a certain point of business because you always get sidetracked and you start some side thing and then both things explode. Do it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you hire a terrible manager that has these traits, hire him again, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like the same person. Just repeat it over and over again. It'll just ensure that just you just keep more. giving them more and more chances. Yeah. You know? Oh, even better, right? Yeah. When they come back, big, just let them back in. Um, <laughs> how to stay poor? Assume you're always right. Always right. Yeah. Even if I'm wrong, assume I'm right. Yeah. And if somebody has advice who's further along than you, don't listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because you're always right. And what would they know? Right. They've never lived your life. They've never gone through what you're about to go through. Right. The best thing to do is experience every mistake for yourself. Never have a mentor. Right. Uh, I mean, we could... That's we could, 29. Oh, yeah. That's 29. <laughs> um, how to stay poor. Find something that works. Stop doing it. Because Ooh. the thing is, if you find something that works... Best thing to do, because like, if you did it again... You might build momentum. Right, oh, right, right. You and can't then, do that. Right, and then volume starts increasing, you start right. getting better at it. Right. You got to nip that in the bud. <laughs> if something works, get distracted and stop doing it. It's a great one. Um, how to say poor, uh, hire dumb people. This one is yeah, just, yeah. I mean, like, nothing destroys a company faster than you trying to destroy it, than having lots of people trying to destroy it at the mm-hmm. same time. Because it's just, it's a more efficient way to destroy a business uh, than you just, because you only have two hands, but like... If everyone is destroying the building and the company, like you can do it way faster. Uh, need permission to be rich, right? Wait for somebody to make room for you. Wait for somebody to invite you to a seat at the table. 
uh, wait for uh, those podcasts to just invite you. Wait for permission because everybody at the top wants to see you there too. Yeah, there you go. Right. Uh, last one. Uh, how to stay poor. Focus on your lack of resources rather than your lack of resourcefulness. Ooh, that's a good one. What's the one that you would add to it that, that has come to you in the last you know, period of time? Um, change my mind when it feels hard. Mm. Whenever something feels hard, change direction. Do you think yeah. affirmations help people make more money or have more belief in themselves to be able to earn potential? I think if they believe they do, they do. Uh -huh. So it's like, you know, uh, I think Admiral McRaven said, you know, he had that clip that went viral that like everything starts with, you know, making your bed, making your bed. Exactly. Uh -huh. And if you make making your bed mean I am somebody who follows through with my with my commitments, if I if I start with making my bed, then the next thing's going to get easier. And you those are the things that you believe as a result of making your bed, then by all means. But making your bed does not make you sell more stuff. Right. Making your bed does not make you make more content. Making your bed does not get you to improve your product, right? But if you make making your bed mean something else, then sure. But I try to cut as many of those uh, transmutations out and just get to the core as fast as I can. Just take action. Right, yeah, yeah which is like, how do we wake up and then do the thing? Yes, <laughs> right? yes, yes. So that's, you know, um, so to the, to the degree affirmations uh, are important. I think they're important if the person thinks they're important. Uh -huh. um, but I think the thing that affirmations are linked to are the beliefs that we have about ourselves. And yeah. so that belief that you have needs to be reshaped into something closer to what reality reflects, which you can either do by the, the stories we tell ourselves, right? It can be by the evidence that you present yourself, which is something that I obviously cling very hard to, <laughs> evidently. Um, or it can be uh, something that, you, that probably, probably has been something that you've been told your whole life that you mm -hmm. don't even know you believe, right. which is my right. other favorite quote. The one that'll probably be my tombstone is, we question all of our beliefs except for those that we truly believe and those we never think to question. Who's that by? Orson Scott Card. Speaking of the beliefs we were taught as kids, do you think you ever want to have kids? Right now, no. Um, eventually, maybe. But mm -hmm. at this season, like, if Layla got pregnant tomorrow, we'd have the kid. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But it's right now, like, our baby is acquisition.com yes. and all the stuff we're putting out. Right. And, um, you know, we went to Tony Robbins' thing and talked about the six human needs. And both of us were looking at it and we're like, this is why we haven't had the desire to have kids. Because it, it, it made sense to it's us not then. It's your needs. It's because all of our needs are being met through the machine, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, too, is because Layla works with me, a lot of times entrepreneurs, they're, Tony was talking about this, how his, um, many entrepreneurs don't have this huge desire to have kids. Some of them do, but many of them don't. And so they have kids because their wife wants to have kids because not all of her human needs are being met. Right. right? And so that's where you get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of friction. That's okay. Uh, but for us, since we're both in the business, I mean, Layla's CEO, I'm really just founder. Um, and she definitely does more actual work than I do in terms of running this of the business. Mm -hmm. So like we both get our, you know, contribution, uh, you know, all the, all the aspects of human needs from that. And so for now, uh, we're good just playing right. the game. Based on what you were taught from your parents, around money based on what you know now, obviously yeah. not a parent yeah. yet, uh, what would be three things you would want to instill in your kids or that you wish parents taught their kids about money? <sighs> about money. To set them up for yeah. you know, good beliefs around money so that at least they're, they have a good foundation. Yeah. I had very good uh, personal finance hygiene that was taught for my parents. So I'm another thing I was given, right? So number mm -hmm. one is just spend significantly less than you make. I right. always did that, 
so that I just I, I got that just right. as a gift for coming into the world. You didn't need more to feel good. You didn't uh, need to buy more things. No. Yeah. That was always disconnected for me. We my dad lived super cheap and I, I was used to that. He lived far below his earning capacity. So spend spend less than you make, number one. Um, the second one uh, is I mean it's around what we were saying, which is that excess money, like people talk about investing, like the best investment is in increasing your earning capacity, is that you should be able to take that money and then invest it in a skill that makes you more money over time than it costs you to get it. Number two. Um, number three is that the fastest way to make more money is to gain access or buy access to communities of people who are making more money. Because there are so many intangibles that come from those communities, masterminds, Facebook groups, whatever you can get access to that you'll learn so many perspectives that you have that are wrong. Like it's too hard to quantify one because there's thousands of micro beliefs. Yes. And so it's it's spend less than you make, take the money that you're now saving and invest it in your earning capacity and then get around those people who you want to emulate who are all on the same path as you. Because one of the best ways to become an amazing swimmer is to join a champion swim team. Because wow. you get all, like Angela Duckworth looked at this inside mm -hmm. of Grit, that book, mm -hmm. uh, her book. It's like one of the best ways is that you just adopt all of the culture, the the beliefs of the group of people who are further ahead. And so those are those are the three things that probably the biggest influence. What's the what's the wise. what's the thing to look out for for people that earn a lot of money if they're not prepared for the money? Uh, what is the biggest challenge that might happen to them if they're not emotionally, psychologically, physically prepared for money? Big amounts of money that come into their lives. I think you have to have a plan for the money. Like you got to know what you're going to do with it. I think so. There's, there's, so like if you're having an exit or something like that, right? I think there's two big things. One is, if you're actually exiting a business f per se, I think you need to have a plan of what you're going to do next. Because the di big difference I see between the entrepreneurs who have had big exits and are awesome now and are even better, and the ones who haven't, um, is that they had a plan of what they're going to do next. So I feel really grateful because I'm happier now than I was even when I had the, the first mm. business because I knew this is what I wanted to do and that's right. part of the reason why I sold it because I was more excited about this than my current thing and I couldn't live like that. I was more excited about what I wanted to build. Wow. And so, I mean, to be fair, the day that I'm more excited about something else than acquisition.com, then, oh, then you'll move on to it. Then I'll move on. Yeah. But I don't, because how big this bone is, I think I can keep, my vision's big enough that I can keep reinventing it. Anyways, um, so one is having a plan for what you're going to do next and then the second is having a plan for the money that you get. Um, and now those might not be necessarily um, mutually exclusive. Like part of the money you get might be to invest in the next thing you want to do. Um, but I think just having a plan for it rather than just being surprised by it and then trying to figure it out once you have it. Right. Because the emotions around getting it also shift your thinking. So it's, it's better, in my opinion, to plan for it before you have the emotional experience because we're human, we experience things and that impacts our thinking in a negative way from yes. a logic perspective. So we can make the plan before we become emotional and we can always go back to the plan that we made when we weren't, when we didn't have this. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What happens when we tie our emotions around the money that comes in? Like we're so excited or we're like, yeah. or we're like scared of it. What happens when emotions are connected to money in a negative way? Well, when it goes away, you feel worse about yourself. What's interesting about that question, the reason I was hesitating is because almost every guy that I know who's had, a, who's had a windfall of some kind, some big win, some big cash thing, almost all of them, actually I haven't had any of them that I've met to this point say they felt any different. And I think mm. it's because you don't have context to, to, to process the information. Because it's so much, typically if it's a big windfall, it's so much outside of like your realm of understanding right. size that it just you you get basically no reading right Nothing. neutral you're just neutral like no one's happy no one's sad they're just like yeah and then a whole cool. bunch of money showed up <laughs> right right now what do i do right. right i guess i'm the same as it was yesterday like you mm -hmm. realize that nothing actually changes in your life which then you get evidence you get evidence that nothing changed and you're like oh shoot i guess i have to deal with all these other things anyways right <laughs> uh, yeah and it's getting back to like what's my purpose now what's my vision now yeah once you sell the thing yeah but I will say that you get a certain amount of credibility, which is helpful, right? That I mean, that absolutely does help, um, if it, if, especially if that's aligned with what you want to do next. You know, I got so much more credibility for Gym Launch when we sold than we had when we owned it, even though technically my net worth was higher when I owned it because I hadn't had a tax event as sure. a result of sure. the liquidity, right? And so technically I was richer before I did the sale, but I got more credibility after. So right, right, right. just kind of interesting. So you said you want to do a billion and then to get it to 10 billion, what yeah. will you do with the, the billion and what will you do with the 10 billion once you have it? What's the plan? So I won't have it because it'll just be the asset that I own, right? right? right, right. Um, and so all we're going to do is just keep doubling down on the main thing. I mean, the big epiphany that I had was I had probably three stages of my own development in terms of understanding a billion dollars, right? Because like when I started out, billion dollars was like even too hard to even fathom, right? But then I started thinking, okay, to be a billionaire, I have to make a billion dollars a year. That's what I thought being a billionaire was. That was the first thing. That's not true. <laughs> this is like when we talk about these these perspectives that we have that are false that we think are true. Like this is this is what I thought reality was, mm -hmm. and it was false. And I tried to I, I couldn't even fathom the goal because it, literally how I thought I was achieved was wrong. You don't make a billion dollars; you own worth a billion dollars. That's how you become a billionaire. So just fundamentally, even the word the words and the verbs we use to describe the outcome are different. Huh? Interesting. Second phase for me was I have to make a billion two billion dollars over my career 
which after taxes are worth a million, uh, a billion dollars, yeah. right? That was my second phase of thinking what a billionaire was, right? And the third phase, which is my current one, hopefully, maybe I'll have one later, right? Um, is that you just have to own assets that other people would pay you a billion dollars for. Mm -hmm. And so now that I also understand how businesses are valued, et cetera, for a business to be worth a billion dollars conservatively, um, you'd probably have to do about $80 million a year in profit, in EBITDA, right? And that would be valued at like 12 and a half times, mm -hmm. which is pretty conservative. Because, uh, I mean, if you look at... Depending on the industry you're in. Yeah, and you look at yet. like the S&P 5, you know, companies that are being publicly traded right now, like 20 is fairly normal on the stock market for companies of that size. And so you might be able to do it at 50 million in EBITDA to have a billion dollar you know, sure. valuation. For me, I've set the goal at 100 um, as, as my tactical goal. So I need to do you know, 2 million a week um, in earned income mm -hmm. from the assets that we have. And then that conglomeration of assets would be worth at least a billion, right. um, probably two, you know, realistically. Well, so that's the, that's the path um, to a billion now as I understand it. And it's just, you can see the, the evolutions of like just even thinking through it. And mm -hmm. you're not even making it, you're owning the thing because it's worth that. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, what do you think are the three biggest skills you need to develop personally over the next few years? Yeah. That will help you get there as well, besides I, the one we already talked about. Yeah, well, I mean, to consolidate that one, it's I have to be more comfortable with risk. I am more risk averse, and I think I need to be more willing to go all in um, than I am. And so I have to be willing, I have to be willing to put more on the line, um, period. <laughs> how much more do you need to put on the line, you think? How much, how uncomfortable do you think you need to be for a few months until you feel like, okay, I'm more comfortable at this baseline now? Very. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm super risk averse. I am. Like, I'm so, I'm so afraid of being poor. That, I'm so afraid of being poor, I've made all this money. That's right. how afraid of being poor <laughs> right, right, I am. Right. You know, you can measure how afraid of poor I am. Very. Um, but yeah, so ri the risk aversion risk piece is, uh, is number one, is the thing that probably has to change. Um, that's the biggest one. I mean, that's really the biggest. Because the, the other ones are tactical. You know what uh -huh. I mean? It's like, okay, uh, I need to create more, more unique content around certain subjects that I want to make. So I have like some shows and stuff that are coming out. Very excited about Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah very cool. So that, like, that is one of the things, you know, like in terms of talent. Um, it goes back to risk, but uh, Layla was talking to somebody who uh, is, is dating the f f former CEO of a massive top 10 company in, in, in the US, or like huge company. And um, she was saying that he doesn't hire anybody who doesn't make half a million dollars or more minimum. Like he doesn't even have them around him. And I love that. At the company. Yeah. I mean like his senior leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And it was just, it, he actually ended up just recently quitting and starting his own startup. And so okay. he ended up flying 50 of the top candidates in from like wow. Harvard and like all these places, doing a full day of interviews with 50 candidates and then picking the 10 that he wanted or the five that he wanted to do his next thing, right? And all of them are like 500 base with, you know, multiple million dollars wow. that they can make a year, right? And so for me, my perspective on talent has consistently increased. Now I have some employees that can make a million dollars a year, like right now, but not all of them, right? And so I just think that from a perspective standpoint, I have to be more comfortable with even higher levels of players on my team. And so- Who can execute high level tasks. Exactly. That yeah. you don't have the time for. And it's because of risk. You know what I mean? Because whenever you, you know, it's it's always- it's expensive. A, it's a, what if they don't, what if they mess investment. up? What if they don't, it's 100%. Yeah. Like when you're, when you hire a million dollar employee, you're making a million dollar per year bet that you're going to make more than that on the talent that they're bringing to the table. Now, all the best investments I've made have been, besides in myself, have been in other people. You know what I mean? All of them across mm -hmm. the board. But it's, I still have that fear. You know what I mean? Um, I have- one or two employees that'll cross a million, you know, in, in income. 
not all, you know, not all mm -hmm. of them, right? And um, they're the ones who are generating the most sales and bringing in the most yeah. revenue for you. Yeah, they're the most strategic. Yeah, I can trust them to lead because they have that skill, which means that I get even more leverage. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because they can, they can go in, parachute, already know what the problem is, already know what the solution is, and do it. Build the team around right. it, and then they can lead it. I don't even. I'm not involved at all. Right. And that's you know that's the difference. And so I remember this is a. I think it'll be an interesting corollary, but like or a side note. But like I remember when I hired my you know my first fifty thousand dollar employees. Everybody before that was all minimum wage. And I heard fire my first fifty thousand dollar employee. Like, this is a like, lot of money. Whoa! And yeah, and then I got so much out. I was like, this is this is what I'm talking about. I need somebody like this. Right. And then I hired my first seventy thousand dollar employee, and I was like, oh my god! Like that is what I need. I need more people like this. And then I heard my first six figure year employee. And it was like, oh, okay, six figures has got to be the new benchmark. And then it was my first $250,000 year employee. And then my first $500,000 year employee. And then hearing this story about 500 base with, you know, almost unlimited cap on all of these different roles of everyone being, you know, a million, two million a year plus, it's just another, right. it's, it's funny. It's like, I have to, it's, it sounds ridiculous, but like, I have to learn these lessons at every level. Mm. You know what I mean? We all do. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I think I've, I've learned, and I'm sure there's another one that's like, yeah, don't take anyone who get paid less than 10 million. Like if they're not getting paid less than 10 million, <laughs> well, what are we talking it's about? Based on the scale you're at, I mean, they got totally. these people have, you know, 15, 20 years of experience. Probably yeah. they've done this before. So it's, yeah. it's all based on where you're at. You yeah. know, some people, when you're starting out, you might need a minimum wage person. Totally. To get yeah, started. Yeah. You can't afford these things. Yeah, right? But of it's, course. it's based on where you're at, the risk you're willing to invest in. Yeah. And there are, I have friends who've like, I, uh, I have a good buddy of mine who went on a, a four month, hiring process to find like a, you know, like a $350,000 lead of his team, right? Mm -hmm. He hired the recruiter, which yep. is expensive. Then he did three or four months of interview process. Yeah. This guy was like a former <laughs> vice president at some big company yeah. that was exactly what he wanted. And after three months, it didn't work out. Yeah. And he spent all this money yeah. and he gave this big salary and it didn't work out. And so you have to also be aware that not everyone is going to be this, no. oh, they're outperforming everyone else. And if I could just find more people and pay them all this money, yeah. you have to learn the skill of leading. Yeah. You have to learn the skill of culture, of, yeah. of building, of also yeah. managing yeah. or having someone else who can do that. So yes, and yeah. it's also a risk. Yeah. We had, a, we had a CTO that we hired for a software company that we ended up selling. Um, we paid, I think, 140000 for the just a headhunter, just for the headhunter. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean... High, you know, it's tech, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to get that kind of talent. Just to find the talent. Yeah, just to find the talent. Not even pay him, just to find yeah. the talent. And um, we fired him three days later. Oh my gosh. And that was after three or four months of like interviews, interviews and, and vetting, all that stuff. And um, it was just, we like just immediately were like, this was wrong. Like all these, they just, it was immediately wrong. And so like, yeah, I, like I've been there. <laughs> like it sucks. And it's not fun. Yeah. And I think this is the risk of being an entrepreneur. It's not for yeah. everyone. It's, right. it's, not easy at times. Yeah. It can be, you know, that's why a lot of people fail at it. Or they're just yeah. like, oh, this is not for me. Yeah. And I respect that too. It is freaking hard, man. Yeah. Every day you've got to overcome a challenge. Yeah. You know, one of the things that Layla said um, yesterday in her talk is she's like, you know, if I had one thing that I would, I'd wish it would be like left behind for me. So this is me just stealing Layla's stuff. Um, is I want to normalize hard. She's like a lot of people feel things are hard. They get stressed. And then they have another voice that judges them for the stress. Mm -hmm. She's like, if 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 we could just change the narrative to like it's hard, comma and, or comma of course it is, comma it's okay. I expect it to be hard. Why wouldn't it be hard? It would be unreasonable for it to be easy. If it were easy, everyone would do it, and then it wouldn't be worthwhile. 
Yeah. And so, like, if what, I remember this. Um, this is a two-minute story, but I think it'll it'll sure. it'll go it'll drive home. So, way back in another life, I was in a fraternity. Many, <laughs> many, many, many lives ago. What school? At Vanderbilt. Yeah. And uh, during the pledging process, invariably, two weeks in, it was like clockwork. Two weeks in, there were almost the whole pledge class would come together and try and quit. And it happened every year. So I got you. I mean, the first time it happened, they're trying to make you quit. No, or? they try and quit the process and say, "I don't. You don't want to do this. This is not what we thought it was going to be. This mm-hmm. is way too hard." Blah 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 blah. Right. Every time, because it was such a sh- shift in reality of like parties and fun and whatever. And then you're pledging and you get none of that. <laughs> or at yeah, least that's yeah. how it was at our school. So like no drinking. You have to study all the time. You can't talk to girls. Like it was this whole thing. Anyways, it was just the point was to make it make them commiserate so they get close together. That was the whole point of the process. Anyways, so I remember when I was president, I got to deal with it. Right, and so I'm the whole the whole class was there, you know, the whole pledge class, and I said, "Hey guys, who here when you started thought this was going to be easy?" No one raised their hand. I was like, "Who here expected it to be hard?" And they all raised their hand. And I was like, "I want you to pause. I want you to close your eyes." I was like, "This is what hard feels like. This is what it feels like. The feeling you have right now is hard." I was like, "And that's what you said you expected." I was like, "You just didn't know what it felt like." Mm. And so I think a lot of people are in the entrepreneurial game and they expect it to be hard. They expect the word, but they don't know the feeling of hard. I'm like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's hard and you persist and you keep going. And so for me, like learning what hard feels like, I think once you learn it, it's like, oh, there you are, my old friend. Right. This is hard. And that's why it's worth it. Yeah. And I think you get more comfortable with hard where it doesn't feel hard anymore. You're like, okay, I've done this for five years now. I'm used to this. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. I've learned how to manage my emotions, my feelings around it. I'm becoming a better leader to myself. Totally. And so this is more norm. Yeah. It's not hard. And and it's a fun one. The heart, the feeling of the heart changes. So it's like when you're, you know, in the beginning, the hard is that you don't know what you're doing. You just feel like an idiot all the time. You're just ignorant. (laughs) You're like, like, I have no idea what I'm doing, right? Um, And then the feeling is the giving up of control, right? Once you get into the, you know, seven-ish figures, it's like you have to give up control. You you can't control delivery anymore. You can't control, you can't get on every sales call. Like you have to give up control and that's hard. And trust people. It's different, but it's hard. It's just different, right? And then as you start making more and more money, then then the, then it gets around focus. You can't pursue every opportunity you want. Like in the beginning you did because you only reported to you, but now you have an entire company that you're that you're responsible for and you have to really allocate resources and you're like, I've got this idea for the show. I can't start it yet. I really want to, but I can't start it yet. And it might not be for it might not be for a year. And you gotta be like okay with that. And right? it's a different kind of hard. Yes. Right. So like at every level, like and the if anyone's curious, the one after that is that like your character, how you spend your time outside of work starts to come into question because the level of talent you're able to attract is going to be attracted to who you are as a person and the values that you espouse, that you represent, right? And so you're like, well, what I do in my own time shouldn't be anyone else's problem, right? It's my own life. It doesn't work that way. Humans can't separate things like that. They just see you for who you are, all on the field and off the field. Right. And so it's like you have to start changing things. Like if you're somebody who drinks and does, and does a ton of drugs, hey, more power to you. It's legal. It just might not be what everyone thinks is what they want to admire and, 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 and emulate, right, right? Right. And so it's like, it's a different kind of heart. And so one is about being, one's about control, one's about focus, one's about ignorance, right? And so at each level, the heart changes, but you're like, there you are, my old friend. I was mm, waiting for you to show right, up again. Right, right. This is the heart. And being able to identify which thing you need at every level is, that's where the mentors come in because they'd be like, this is the next thing that's going to come up. You want to get distracted got to keep doing the thing or like right now I think you need to quiet this outside stuff in your life because like it's a distraction you're not going to be able to attract the talent you need to get to the next level 
they're not going to like that. Right? And then you have to, you have to yes. change, right? Yes. Inspiring stuff, man. Um, <laughs> I want people to follow you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. They can go to uh, Hermosi dot or I guess Hermosi on Instagram and, yeah. and also on YouTube. Is it Alex Hermosi on Instagram? Yeah, Alex Hermosi. If they type Alex Hermosi anywhere, they'll see it. Up. But you, your YouTube has been blowing up, your Instagram, your, your TikTok. Also, if you're uh, a business owner and you want to partner with you, go to acquisition.com to learn more about that process. You can apply there. Uh, this book is really powerful. A lot of people have gotten this. How many copies have you sold now? It's a couple 200 hundred. and something thousand. A couple hundred thousand. Yeah. So if you guys want to learn more, this will be an amazing investment for you. I think it's... You know, the digital version is only a few bucks, I think, on Amazon. 99 cents. 99 cents for the Kindle. For the Kindle. For yeah. So uh, it'll be a great dollar investment for yourself. Make sure you check this out. If you're looking to really maximize your offers and build your business, um, check this book out. It's really powerful. Great examples. Again, you do a great job of creating frameworks, which I like. You know, it's like the you make it simple for someone like me who can't read with the images, you know, and the framework so I can visualize Success. I had to make them simple for someone like me. That's I why. Know, I know, man. It's good. Big pages, big spacing, yeah, big, big font. Yeah, exactly. Right. I like it. Um, but if you guys want to learn more, make sure you check this out. What is the thing you're most passionate about right now? Is it the content uh, in the content world? Is it the long form YouTube stuff? Is it the Instagram? What's the place we should go follow you if they're going to pick one place? YouTube or podcast? Yeah, those are the two. I mean, podcast I, I has to been growing two. too. Podcast is doing really well. Audio one. man. Yeah, we it's got been, number two on entrepreneurship. I saw that man. It's big. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to be like you, man. I'm trying <laughs> to be like you. It's awesome, man. Um, and what's the biggest uh, results you've seen from your podcast and YouTube growth? What's the biggest benefit you've seen? It's just been you know people tagging me on. And yeah. I mean, like I don't, I don't. The only thing we quote advertise is that yes, if you're a company doing you know. 10 million a year or more, ideally, if you're a little below that, we'll, we'll look at the deal. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, if it, it just it allows me to just talk to more cool business owners. So right. the more the podcast grows, the more cool, interesting businesses come our way and, mm -hmm. uh, and we get to grow them. And that's like, I'll, I don't know if I shared this last time. So we did our stats on, because um, now we've been doing it for two years. Uh, and so the average company that we work with increases their top line by 1.8 times in the first 12 months wow. and triples their profit in the first 12 months. It's amazing. In the next 12 months, uh, the average company uh, increases their profit by 4.2, I think it's 4.27 um, times or 4.75. It's one of, there's a four to seven in it. Um, it's not bad. Yeah. In the, in the next 24 months, it's like we can almost five X the profit, um, of the companies the first 24 months. And so, uh, that's just the average. So, yeah, it's cool. We love doing it. It's, uh, that's the stuff we live for. It's I mean, exciting, like I've man. never been more amped to, to do exciting, what we're doing. Man. What do you feel like your future mentor self when it hits the billion dollar valuation would say to yourself now? If you were three years out, five years out, whenever you hit this billion-dollar valuation, and you could speak to yourself yeah. from the future, yeah, what would your mentor, future self, say to you right now that you need to hear? Keep having fun. Yeah. Because, I mean, it would be like, if I had hit that at that point, you'd be like, keep doing it. Like, everything you're doing, you got here because you're having a good time. Mm. So just don't lose track of that because in three generations, everyone's just going to forget that you're alive. No one's going to remember your name. You're not going to be the greatest all the time because if you did your job, someone else will be even better and younger than you. And so, like, the only point of the game is to play. Mm. And just It would just remind me of something that I already know to be true, but it would just be from future me. Hopefully, he would just say it perfectly to my heart. And I'd, <laughs> right, right. I'd become a new person, uh, I'd transform, yeah. <laughs> I'd ascend, you know what I mean? And a, a halo of light, but that's, that's hopefully what happened. Love it, man. Alex, yeah. thanks for being yeah. here, brother. Appreciate it, man. Great Thank stuff. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys. So share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you are matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium bang and a Lufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.